Hey guys, I am sad to say that this is our final episode for the season and we just want to say thank you to everybody who has been listening to us from the beginning. We love and appreciate you if you've listened to all the episodes or some of the episodes. Um, Today in our conversation, we will be continuing from last time where we talk about how fun our committed relationships are for those relationships that make it through struggle and hardship that started at age 18, how many of their parents' relationships were healthy or not? Because I think it also really depends on what you have witnessed and experienced in your life. Because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people come from broken homes. It's not to say that a person who's grown up in the church that came from a broken home can't have that same beautiful relationship. Not saying that. There are are instances of absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the gray areas. I think it's a lot easier to model healthy behaviors when you've seen healthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. For sure. And lots of people haven't. We live in a broken world. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of relationships that are broken and committed, but still together and have children and, you know, are raising children. And it can still be exhibiting unhealthy relationships and those things you take with you to the rest of your life until you heal through them and maybe change. But I don't think you have to have it figured out before you get married, Mm -hmm. just like you don't have to have it figured out before you get saved or Mm -hmm. get baptized, right? Like that's the whole thing. But I just think that there are a lot of factors that contribute to the success of a marriage. Mm -hmm. I guess for me, there's like, I don't even know what it means when you say figuring it out. Like when do you, at what point do you have it figured out? Did you see the post on adulting in progress today? Yeah, I I think, right? So it's like, at what point is it figured out? Because when you're in a committed relationship with someone, we've already said that it requires Mm -hmm. you to be vulnerable. You are working on or identifying what your insecurities are, what your traumas are, what your triggers, all of these different things. And relationships are a mirror sometimes. Always, not sometimes, always. Yeah, always. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so because you are continually growing and changing, I don't know at what point you have it figured out. Right. You don't. That's true. I think in the typical sense, people are essentially just talking about more of like an identity and not putting your identity in, in your partner and then probably figuring out sort of a career and establishing yourself in some way, because I think there's definite danger in solidifying your identity in somebody else before you know who you are. Like, who is Kelly? Who is Vanessa? Who is Matissa? Like, who am I? What do I value? What's important to me? And all of those things can change. But if you have nothing to start with, you're just Mm -hmm. floundering and then you're just you know, maybe it's more possible for you to just take on somebody else's. And then maybe it's, it can get to a point where there's resentment, you know, years into the relationship where you're like, hold on, I don't actually believe any of the things that you believe. I only did this because I was with you. And and now it turns into a situation where I want out because I've figured out who I am and who I am does not want to be with you, mm-hmm. you know? Do you think your partner can help you figure out who you are? I think that's where the mirror comes in and it's kind of a twofold thing where your partner can certainly help 
and support whether they realize or not they're helping you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but sometimes there also has to be a willingness to look in the mirror. That's the intimacy, remember? The vulnerability mm. that you need to have with yourself as well as with your partner mm-hmm. that you yeah. can strip down, not physically, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually and be like, oh crap, you stand in front of them again, figuratively, and they go, see that freckle right there? See that thing right there? And you're like, oh, you're right. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Didn't see that mm-hmm. one there. Yeah. <sighs> it was on my back. Yeah. I couldn't see it. Must have just formed. <laughs> <laughs> just, just got there. <laughs> that's difficult. Right. That's difficult, yeah. And I think that's ongoing because I don't think you do that one time no, or during not. the first year or five years. I think that's ongoing. It's just constantly being able to be that vulnerable with yourself and with your partner that you can stand in the discomfort of mm. somebody pointing something out in love helping, even if it's just like being there, not doing anything, but just being with you while you work through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It definitely is mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And I think we circle back to the, <laughs> to the communication part. A lot of time what might get missed in those moments is how is this being communicated to me is going to change the way that you receive mm-hmm. uh, that loving feedback, we'll mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to change it, right? Because a lot of times what I I think happens is hypothetically just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is that a lot of these teaching moments will say happens in moments of like frustration conflict and annoyance and conflict yeah a hundred percent and it's in those moments that you're less likely uh, to receive it even uh-huh. yes <laughs> right so it's yeah it's, it's we've talked a lot about some of the less brighter sides yeah of, mm relationship which is funny because we are all in committed relationships <laughs> yeah yeah long-term committed life. relationships so, with multiple children yeah, yeah. <laughs> happy loving and healthy relationships mm-hmm. here we are what would you say is the greatest parts of being in a relationship mm, that's a good question it's a doozy right it's a tough one uh, no, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Um, crickets. <laughs> what, right? There's so much uh, that it's hard to pick. It's hard to pinpoint. Uh, that can, I think there's something beautiful about navigating life together. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And, and getting through those moments there, there really is such a level of, um, joy when you can look back on where you've come from, at mm-hmm. least in my experience that we've had a lot, a lot of ups and downs for a lot of, uh, different reasons. And, you know, even just seeing how we can handle conflict now versus eight years ago or five years ago has improved that companionship. You're not doing it alone. That support my partner is my safe place to land. And that is a privilege, I think, to say. And that's really important to me and my, my personality. Who I am is having a sense of security and stability is something that's really just important to my life. So if everything else is rocky, 
he's my safe place to land. And I know he's going to be there. I know he's there for me. I know he loves me. That intimacy that I keep talking about is important in this sense too, because when you can stand really vulnerable in front of somebody, again, figuratively or otherwise, and know that despite all of your flaws, this person still loves you to the core, like that's, that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Like you, you, while, you know, humans are flawed in so many ways. God loves us unconditionally, but I've always felt like my husband is a representation of a flawed level of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. He may not react in the right ways all the time. Neither do I, but I still feel unconditional love Mm -hmm. and that's beautiful. That's, Mm -hmm. that's special. Man, I have so many reasons. I have never been happier. I've been married almost four years. And I mean, truthfully, we haven't had a lot of really hard times, knock on wood. And I'm really thankful for that. But difficult past relationships really help to put a great relationship uh, and hold it into, yeah, into perspective Mm -hmm. and hold it in a a definite higher regard and just to appreciate it more and not take it for granted. I appreciate him. Just like you said, Cal, he is a safe place to land. He loves me. He shows me God's love in the best way that he can. He definitely pushes me to do hard things, to be better. Mm, He holds up that mirror. I think we're great partners. Obviously we don't see eye to eye on everything. We're different people. So that's, that goes without saying we are both committed and we both are in this for the long haul. We want to see our marriage prosper. We want to model a good relationship for our children. We have the same goals in mind and kind of everything else is secondary, I guess. I mean, Hmm. we're just doing the dang thing, you know? (laughs) That was was nice. Yeah. That was cute. It's nice to not sleep alone. Oh, yes. I mean, (laughs) we could go on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many good things. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of good things. I know we've talked a lot about hard things. and It's hard. Because it is hard. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think it is important to talk about the good things as well. Mm Because again, the things, what Ness said earlier, it's not that the grass is greener on the other side, the grass is greener where you water it. So I think it's, it can be really important, especially when you're going through a stormy period Mm -hmm. to remind yourself of why you're doing this. I know that, you know, the love languages, Mm. how important do you think the love languages are in relationships? And do you know yours and your partners? And do you Mm -hmm. keep that in mind when you're going about your day? (laughs) You know, I do think they're important. I think it helps you to understand yourself and it also helps you to be a better partner if you understand your partner's love language. He often reminds me. (laughs) (laughs) His love language is physical touch and Mm -hmm. mine is acts of service. Mm. So very, very different, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Very, very different. And he is very intentional about um, filling my love language bucket. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I love Um, that. So he does things all the time. If he misses something and I ask him to do it, like the next time he's on it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I really appreciate that. I don't know if this plays a part or not, but I didn't grow up witnessing physically affectionate relationships. And so that part, I think is hard for me. It doesn't Hmm. necessarily come naturally to me. And of course, that's my husband's number one love language. So God's so funny. Um, (laughs) Isn't he though? Yes, he is. (laughs) Jokester. So here I am. (laughs) 
course, pushing you. You know what? That's the stretch of growth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, the discomfort, right? That comes oh with gosh. growing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you don't know how to do this? Let me show mm. you. <laughs> Let me present you with this awesome opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so that's an area that I'm definitely growing in. And I, I want to make him happy. And I want to fill his love language bucket as well. So mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. it. And I make an effort because I know that that's important to him. Mm -hmm. And that makes him feel loved. Just knowing what the love languages are, like you don't have to actually do the test to kind Mm -hmm. of figure it out. I'm pretty sure when he did the test, he got physical touch, which is very, very, very important to him. Mm -hmm. But I actually think that acts of service is one of them too. However, it's kind of like this cultural thing as well. I think it's important whether you believe in the love languages or not to just learn your partner learn what they like and learn what they don't like. If you've committed to being with this person, you might as well figure out right. as much as you can to, mm-hmm. you know, cause we want it to go well. We want it to go as smoothly as possible. So mm-hmm. I think personally, that's, that's something that can help because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cheat, right? Like let's right. just figure out what their love language is from this test. And then you can just go ahead and do it. Why not? Like showing your partner love in the way that they receive it. Right. Because in a lot of cases, your love languages are different. Wouldn't it be so good if they were the same though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like it would, it would come naturally to you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You generally show love in the way that you want to receive right. love. Right. Right. As opposed to giving the person the the type of love that they receive best. Right. right. So yeah, if, if your love language was physical touch, then we'd be golden. Yeah. (laughs) We'd be holding hands all day long. That would make him so happy. (laughs) I don't know. You'd get anything done, but yeah, it would be be cute. You guys, your buckets would be overflowing for sure. (laughs) How do you think that having kids Mm -hmm. affects the relationship. Uh, if anyone has the answer to this, uh, just email us at adulting in progress, the podcast at gmail.com. Ooh, uh, <laughs> yes. Anybody have any comments? We'll take uh, those. Yeah. This is tricky. I don't know what the answer to this is other than the typical, like you have to be intentional and you have to carve out special time with your partner and go on date nights. And yeah, sure. All that sounds great. And I'd love to do that. But like when, right when you know and we just added a five-month-old and so we're still navigating that life but it's it's not easy there's only 24 hours in a day you Mm -hmm. don't sleep enough Mm -hmm. so then the hours that you get for me I would like to sleep Mm -hmm. sacrifices right and yeah and lots of compromise and I think understanding yeah it's easier maybe for the mother to pour into her children, but Mm. the husband kind of is waiting for the wife to pour into him still. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. tricky. That's just, just a tricky dynamic. I feel like the the mother's always, the mother and the wife is always pouring. (laughs) Yeah. I I agree. The whole um, stay connected Mm -hmm. and go on date nights, make sure you guys have time for yourselves. And I think those are great intentions, Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you don't have a support system that are going to take care of your children, Right. Then I I don't think that's as realistic as one would think it was mm-hmm. just based off of looking at Instagram and people who say these things, right? Mm-hmm. If you can, mm-hmm. it is really important to get away from the house and get out of your environment and get out of the place where you're sleeping and 
feeding and cleaning 24 seven, especially for the caregiver that's doing that primarily just to breathe different air. Mm -hmm. But again, if you don't have somebody to watch your littles, then how do you do that? So that's, I think where the love language comes in is sometimes you have to just get through a period of time, whether that's months or maybe a couple of years until they're Mm -hmm. old enough where you know, you do have a babysitter come or whatever that looks like, or something mm-hmm. changes where they get old enough where you can be away from them for a couple of hours outside of the house. And even if you're just going for a walk around the block or whatever that mm-hmm. looks like, for sure. Sometimes me and my husband feel the most connected when it is literally chaos and we just look at each other and we're like, this is our life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know? And yeah. you can connect in those moments, right? Yeah. There's, it doesn't, there's no prescription on what that looks like, right, but right. finding ways to stay connected in those little moments, I think mm-hmm. helps mm-hmm. for sure. I think that having kids has greatly affected my relationship. Um, okay. And sort of like what you were saying with, you know, being able, all these people, you know, go out on date. I, I actually think that's really, really important. It's not something that I have, but I think that it's something that's really important because there has to be a balance. So we've talked about all of these waves that you're trying to get through in your relationship. And if you don't have something to balance that out mm-hmm. and all you have is the chaos, oof. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it makes it that much harder. But when you have something to look forward to and something to be able to reflect on and say, this is not all that we are. We are not just the chaos. We are not just, you know, the, the mom and dad or the what, you know, we're not just mom and dad. We are all of these other <laughs> things, right? You, I feel like you really, really need that because it creates connection. It creates bond. And sometimes it's really just about the newness and excitement of just doing something like when you're dating and you get into a thing with someone, a situation ship or relationship, whatever. Entanglement. uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? There's something about the excitement of it. You're happy when they send you a good morning, beautiful Mm -hmm. text or Mm -hmm. the romance. Yeah. Thinking of you. (laughs) Heart. That pulls you in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that in your relationship 10, 15, 20 years in, and all you have is the, what do you want to eat for dinner? It's for dinner, yeah. <laughs> Are the kids in bed yet? You know what I mean? It's all, it's very transactional. Very routine. Yeah, very mm-hmm. transactional. I think that the relationship outside of your children begins to suffer that much more. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I think. I think that. Again, like a relationship as a mirror, having kids really highlights mm-hmm. a lot about the type of person that you are, helps you to realize the type of person that you want to be. Um, and so it pushes you a little bit more for that growth. And so if you don't have someone who's of the same mindset or understands that or, you know, is where you're at with that, and how you want to raise your children. There's those battles because not everybody has those conversations beforehand. How do you want to raise your children and understanding the way that the other person was raised versus how you were raised Mm -hmm. impacts how you parent, which then in turn impacts your relationship. 
So there, there is a lot to be said about when you have kids. And I think we've said in an earlier episode that we talk about, you know, having the kids, but it's raising them. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about raising them, you can't leave out the person that you have to raise them with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so if you let it, it definitely has the ability to take over the relationship because you don't want to feel like you're putting your kids needs beneath the relationship. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, you understand that this is the person that you've made the kids with. So what, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's not that one is of greater importance to me. It's figuring out how do we balance all of these things across the board so that the kids are being poured into and the relationship is being poured into mm-hmm. and I'm pouring into myself. Mm, that sounds like we need an extra few hours in the day. Right. Does it? Yeah. 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 Right? 24 is not going to be enough. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. Once you let the relationship suffer. Yeah. And your everything. The parenting suffers mm-hmm. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you let the parenting suffer, there's potential that the relate. It's like right. it's, it's, I'm out here like a balancing act. I'm a gymnast. I'm in the circus. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> it's fascinating for me to to listen to this because I obviously know you guys and I know your relationships. And I think um, the final question I have to close out the episode is: if you had one piece of advice about how to stay in a healthy committed relationship, what would it be? Tisa, I'll start with you. Oh, wow. One piece of advice to how to stay in a healthy, committed relationship. Not just stay in a committed one, but a healthy Healthy. one. (laughs) That's a no brainer for me. God, no brainer. I think you have to understand that it's bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than your partner. When me and my husband got married, we wanted to be an example to other people, um, specifically in the church, but also elsewhere on how a godly marriage can look and how it can work and that it's not all bad. We received a lot of like, well, good luck from people. I'm like, are you sure? Um, and so we just wanted to highlight, like, it's, it's good. It can be so good, but it's Mm -hmm. like two flawed people. It can't be good. Just the two of us. And so God, God is the only way for us. Yeah. Mm. Well, nobody else can now use that answer. So, <laughs> Ness, what's what say know you? Why nobody else can use that answer? Yeah, that's it's your just, answer. That's your no, I think limit God. I, I let's layer it. Let's layer it. Then we'll all agree that that is the that is the thing. That's now awesome. layer on top of that. <laughs> um, I've been in a space of patience and prayer. Um, mm. I think that. That's your answer, patience and prayer. (laughs) Patience and prayer. No, um, I think my answer would have to be understanding. I feel like if your relationship lacks understanding, like that's one of the biggest for me because I think that that helps to create a foundation. If we have an understanding of who I am and who you are and where we're coming from, it kind of allows a little bit more grace. I feel like you and I are just circling back to the top of this episode where you mentioned this and I said, yes. And um, layering on top of that, my one piece of advice is the vulnerability piece. Be willing to be vulnerable with 
God first, because God will show you, even if you don't see it from, you Won't know, he though. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> he, God uses your partner, right. And he, he can use you as well. So be, be willing to be vulnerable in your relationship with God, with your partner and with yourself. Hmm. And then be vulnerable enough to humble yourself into making some changes as they have been revealed to you that you need to. So I think that staying in a healthy relationship requires constant work. We are evolving and changing creatures. You know, we talked a lot about how relationships change. We have kids, we change jobs, we are, our identities change. And if we're not willing to change with our partner, we will grow out of the relationship. So you have to be willing to see when, when that's happening. And that means that communication piece, the understanding, the vulnerability of course, to be open to receiving that on a constant and regular basis and sit in that discomfort as you grow together and love together and choose every day to be together with God, of course. Amen. 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 (laughs) All right. That's a wrap. Boom. Chakalaka.